Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably. Maybe. This and other maybe facts on the Dynasty Crossroads. Check it out. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Good morning. 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 Good people. Yes, that was like 10 good mornings. It is Thursday, January 27th. Y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Ray G. And I'm glad y'all woke y'all ass up with us this morning. We are excited. Talk a little Isaiah Spiller. Look at the comments. See all the crazy stuff y'all are talking about. Thank y'all for joining us. Who we got in the building? Bruning, David, Jay, Joe, Miss Sanchez. First person to comment, good morning. And the fr- new thing, first person to comment, whatever they ask. If they ask a question, if it's not good morning, we answer it. So Ms. Sanchez says, hmm, I like that. So the 104 for E. Wait, is that even today? I didn't see the comment before that. I'm messing it up, Jay. How you doing this morning, big dog? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, we're talking about the small calf man himself today, Isaiah oh, Spiller. It's going to be a good show today. I'm excited. You know, Isaiah Spiller. Spiller don't no, we ain't disrespecting him. Hey, I'm just Don't passing along the information. This is these are the comments that people threw out there, so they better be able to back it up. Hey, but listen, we're gonna listen, see today. Listen. We're gonna watch the film. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you got. How's that sip going? How's that sip going? It's good, man. It's it's hitting right this morning. It's hitting right this morning. I say I'm fake fancy with my little uh, itty bitty little uh, espresso cup. Um, but no, ever since somebody since uh, Joe said that in the chat. Uh, she said he has small calves. I went and looked. I was like, he does have small calves, but I don't care. I don't care about any of that, man. But, uh, yo, what happened? Somebody got hired. Who got hired? Yes. Finally, we have a head coaching vacancy filled. It is the Denver Broncos. They hired Nathaniel Hackett, the former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Now, of course, this is when the rumor mill is going to really be swirling. Aaron Rodgers has been heavily rumored to Denver for a long time. We know John Elway likes his veteran quarterback. So now the Denver Broncos have a head coach. It is the former Green Bay offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. And there's talk of them bringing in Luke Getze as well to be his offensive coordinator in Denver. So a lot of pieces falling into place now for a Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams to Denver potential situation. We're going to see what happens, but this is pretty big news. You know, we've, we've been waiting so long for someone to finally hire a head coach. Hackett apparently had another interview with Jacksonville yesterday, but today it was confirmed he's going to be signing with the Denver Broncos. Super excited for that. Um, and then as well, Brian Dable seems to be the favorite to go to Miami. For people who don't know, Dable was actually Tua's offensive coordinator at Alabama. So another potential suit for some of these head coaches to be with players they are very familiar with. We'll see, but now Hackett officially in Denver, but they need a quarterback, and that's going to be the next step for Hackett and that uh, Broncos front office. And then as well, I don't know if you saw this, Ray, but Jamar Chase was talking to reporters yesterday and he was asked the question, you know, when was the time when you thought that you had some adversity and someone told you like, no, you can't do this. 
And he referenced a time went back when he was in high school and he's being recruited to LSU. And former LSU head coach Les Miles told him that he's probably not suited to be a wide receiver and he should convert to cornerback full time. Yeah, man. Could you imagine telling yeah. a wide receiver who's not one of the best in football you should probably play cornerback? That's, yeah, that's just crazy. Things change, that's, but crazy yeah. story from back in the day for Jamar Chase. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw that pop up yesterday, and it's not uncommon, man. A lot of these college coaches yeah. during the recruiting process kind of tell these players what they can and can't do. Um, you know. Uh, that was a miss on Les Miles' yeah. part. And unfortunately, uh, uh, un I don't believe uh, by the time Jamar Chase enrolled at LSU in 2018 that Les Miles was still there. I don't believe no. so. No, no, he wasn't so, there anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever, right? Say whatever you want, um, uh, Les Miles. Hey, shout out to Derek in the super chat. Jay, just uh, we need to count that money. Count that money uh, I, uh, uh, sound effect because he just gave you your salary. Right here, 10 bucks, <laughs> super chat. Derek Richard, I know this is not Isaiah Spiller. Jay, somebody on the YouTube comment said you look like this um this soccer player. I think his name is Seth Jones. Do you know who that is? And I went and looked him up, and I was like, oh, shit, you actually do look like this guy. So no Isaiah Spiller. Jay does have tiny calves, uh, but uh, I, I can promise you this. Isaiah Spiller is a much better running back. Uh, than Jay Rich could ever be. Uh, so Nathaniel Hackett to Denver. So I'm just asking the question, does this only going to intensify the Aaron Rodgers to Denver rumors, right? This is only going 100%. to intensify those rumors. And because he's the head coach, there's a chance that he takes people around him that knows him, yep. that he feels comfortable with. So there could be more uh, coaches coaching. from the Green Bay coaching staff that, that come over. I'm not saying he's going to be able to pillage, you know, you know, assistant head coaches and defensive coordinators, but maybe that running backs coach. Maybe it's the the special teams coordinator. Maybe mm. it's that that upper up and comer from Green Bay that Nathaniel Hackett has a good relationship with. This is good. Let's let's just real quick, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Let's not think about Devontae Adams. Um, let's just think Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javonta Williams, Melvin Gordon. We know. We know that Green Bay ran a two-back approach. They liked that yep. two-headed monster, you know, Dar uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I've been saying all along, I don't think, I know everybody wants Javonta Williams to be the guy and them to ship off Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon can still ball. He can still play. As an NFL team, you need two backs. I'm not letting Melvin Gordon go. If he wants to stay on a team-friendly deal and we can bring him back, it's going to be Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams again. Uh, I do think this is good for one of Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton at this point in time. I don't know who that is. I want it to be yeah, Jerry that's Judy. The I'm higher on Jerry Judy. I like Jerry Judy a lot, but he's been he's been disappointing. I tweeted out that he's been a miss so far on Twitter. I had to mute the damn conversation because the Denver Bronco Hive came out in full drove. And that's not saying he's been terrible, he's a bust, but just our expectations uh, that we had on Jerry Judy, what we thought he could be, what we wanted him to become. And I know he had a high ankle sprain. I get that. Yeah. It just hasn't come to fruition um, right now. When you think about the 2020 wide receivers, honestly, that first round, Ruggs, Judy, Rager, Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, like it's a clear tear gap between Justin Jefferson yeah. and everybody else. Then it's CeeDee Lamb and everybody else. Then it's Jerry Judy, and then it's well, it's Ruggs Ayuk and too, would be the other one, right? Oh, Ayuk, yeah, Ayuk is. I think Ayuk is in that in that Lamb Judy territory, right? A little yeah. below Lamb, he and Jerry Judy right there, neck and neck. The jury is still out. 
Um, but cue up the Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers to Denver rumors. But in order that for that to happen, I believe Green Bay would have to trade him uh, to Denver. So yeah, Denver's got a top ten pick. They got a top ten pick. I'd ask for multiple first round picks, maybe some mm. players back. Could be good for Noah Fant. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that situation uh, plays out. Uh, what are people saying? I don't believe that pick is that valuable. Judy getting traded to Green Bay. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I don't know. We need something, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Keep me in line. Don't disrespect Tim. Tim Patrick got a deal. Shit, he, he got did. a deal. He got a deal. So he's going to be there. So a lot of weapons for uh, for Aaron Rodgers if it is, in fact, a uh, a transition uh, to Green Bay some way, shape, how, or form. All right. Listen, let me talk to y'all before we start this. And I need to make this disclaimer to everybody here. What we need to do, what you have to do when you're looking at rookies, when you're when you're trying to evaluate these these players from a talent perspective, especially long before we get to the combine in the NFL draft, I, I think so many times we go into looking at somebody with this preconceived notion of who they are, regardless if you like them or not. And because of that, that that just human nature, right? That shapes how you view and how you look at a certain player. You can't do that. Like, if, if you're going to look at it, and it's not about, I think so many times we get um, enamored with being right on our guy. I like him. I like him. So no matter what he does, I'm going to I'm going to find the good in said prospect. I don't give it. I don't care what it can be the have the worst season ever. I'm going to make excuses out the ass to justify poor performance. Can't look at that. Like we're we're just looking at the skill set. That these players have. And it doesn't matter if you like them, if I like them. Like, just look at the skill set. Go into these things with an open mind. Last night with the patrons, Jay Rich, I went, we did a film session on Brian Robinson out of Alabama. I have been a known Brian Robinson distractor, disliker, saying I don't want anything to do with them. I had to go into that tape, clear mind, and say, let me see what he does well. Doesn't matter what I thought about him during the season. What does Brian Robinson do well? And how does what he does well, how might that, because we don't know, but how might that translate to the NFL? And when I look at every single prospect, whether it be Brian Robinson, a Malik Willis, or uh, a Jamar Chase, you know, the, the, the top of the top and some of the players that you think are bad. I look at Tyler Goodson, and I went in with open mind, Letty Brown out of West Virginia, open mind. And I just graded them based on the attributes that I find important, scored them out, and it spit out a score. The model spit out a score. I know everybody wants to like Brees Hall more than this player or Kenneth Walker more than that player or Tyler Algier more than him or this person more. Go into it and just be objective. And when you see things that you're like, yo, that can work at the next level. Those skill sets that said player possesses can and will work at the next level. Go into it with an open mind. That's all I'm telling you because I know for, for my my group of supporters over here, it's Brees Hall, the RB1, hands down, no doubt about it. And I'm here to tell you he did not grade out that way for me. He did not. Brees Hall graded out as the, as the number two running back in this class. And once we get to the combine and once we get to the NFL draft, things may change. But for me in my process, I have to explain this again, Jay, what's important to me in this early stage, this early stage, what, I'm, what am I calling it now? Uh, PG, prospect film grade. PFG, my PFG scores, right? 
I'm just looking at the skill sets they possess based on the tape. I, none of us know where they're going to get drafted. None of us know how fast they are, how tall they actually are. None of that. I'm just looking at these cats on the merit, what they do, what they put on wax in 2021. And then we go back and look at some things 2019, 2020 to see if they progressed in some areas that they may be deficient in. So in this show today, we're going to take a look at Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller, uh, he's going to be one of the youngest players overall in the entire 2022 NFL draft. Um, he will not turn 21 until he is um, until he's uh, until August. He'll be 21 in August, so he'll be drafted at 20. I believe he'll be the youngest running back in the NFL at that point in time. Isaiah Spiller over uh, over last season, he had 179 carries, 1100 yards, six touchdowns, and over his career. Um, he started off his career early uh, at Texas A&M in 2019, 946 rushing yards for young Isaiah Spiller, uh, 10 touchdowns, 29 receptions, which is incredible. Follows that up with a couple of more carries in 2020, goes over 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns, another 20 reception season, and then this past season, another 1,000 yards, 25 receptions um, here in 2021. What's interesting about Isaiah Spiller, man, when I really started to dive into uh, his game, look at his profile, it's crazy that he never had, never had a sub, uh, a, a plus 200 carry season. And right off the bat, I'm thinking, man, is that a byproduct of him not being very good? Is that the coaching? Well, I went to go do some digging, right? And his head coach, Jimbo Fisher, took over the job from Bobby Bowden at Florida State in 2010. He was at Florida State from 2010 to 2017, seven years. Jay, can you guess the amount of times of all the running backs that he had that a running back went over 200 carries for Jimbo Fisher during his time at Florida State? Can you take a guess? I'm going to say one. I'm going to say Dalvin did it one time. Dalvin did it twice. Dalvin did it two times. Okay. But outside of that, no running back in a Jimbo Fisher offense has had over 200 carries. Multiple. Dalvin Cook's the only guy. And I think yeah. he capped out during their national championship season in 2015. I believe he had 288 carries that season. Ooh. Yeah, Dal no, 229 in 2015. Uh, the year before that, 170 carries. He split carries with Jacquees Patrick. And then the following season, yes, where he rushed for 1,700 yards, he had 20, uh, 288 carries. So only twice in Jimbo Fisher's career at Florida State did a running back go over 200 carries. He's been at Texas A&M since 2018, so he's not hasn't been there as long as he has yeah. been. And since uh, uh, during 2018, he only had one running back, which was Travion Williams. He had 271 attempts in 2018, the only running back to go over 200 carries. So this is something I continue to tell people. And I know Matt Bruning is in the chat, does a ton of college work. If you think I'm lying, go look up the quote by Kobe, Kirby Smart at Georgia. Georgia. No Sean Marino, Nick Chubb, DeAndre yep. Swift, Sony Michelle. Who was the other guy that we thought would be pretty good? Uh, uh, Elijah Holyfield, yeah. uh, Zamir White. Kirby Smart's recruiting pitch to all SEC running backs that go to the University of Georgia. You will not carry the ball 300 times. You probably won't carry the ball 270 times. We are going to keep you fresh. That way, when you go to the NFL, your legs are un – that's his pitch. That that is on wax. Kirby Smart has said that. Like, and you know Kirby Smart, Jimbo. These are all guys from the same coaching tree. They all played, yeah. worked with Nick Saban. They've all these SEC coaches are from the same coaching tree. College football today is not the same as it was 
15 years ago where they just give Willis McGahee the ball a zillion times in a row. Jonathan Taylor, yes, he was able to do it, but that's Wisconsin. Wisconsin's going to find run running back, and they're going to run their ass into the ground. But in the SEC, the pitch to these five and four-star recruits, that, that's the reason why they continue to get them every single year is we're not going to wear you out. And I look at Isaiah Spiller. The fact that he's only his highest output in rush attempts in his career was 188, and he's only 20 years old? Yep. Not bad. Not bad. I will take that. So just laying the table and setting some context as to why – why didn't he get 300 carries? Why didn't he get 250? Jimbo Fisher hasn't done that in over 20, uh, what, since 20, uh, 2010 to 2022, what's his 12 years? He's had three running backs, uh, three running back performances go over 200 carries in a 10-year sample size for Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. So Isaiah Spiller, who is he? Coming out of high school from Texas, Spring, Texas. Uh, he was a four-star recruit, number nine overall running back in his recruiting class, um, you know, this is typical. Uh, this is typical high school stats, right? Thirty-one hundred yards. Not typical, but this is what elite high school players do. Thirty-one hundred rushing yards, forty-nine touchdowns, caught the ball. I think Brees had more high school catches uh, than Isaiah Spiller. Now, I just want you to look at his frame. What's interesting about Spiller, man? He's listed at two twenty. Dude, he's like lean. Like he is not a wide running back. He is very tall. Yeah put together, and his his father also was a, a very high-level athlete himself, Fred Spiller, who also played at Texas A&M. So he's got a little bit of pedigree um, pedigree there. And Bruning said, yeah, that's why those guys keep going there. And, and that's – I'm just – I'm not trying to sway anything. I'm just I'm just setting the stage because some people may not know. That's why they continue to get these four- and five-star recruits, right, because we're going to keep you fresh. So Isaiah Spiller, I mean, quite fresh. I mean, uh, he has not carried the ball – a ton in college. So when we look at, again, we look at what he did here over the past couple of years, 2019, 2020, 2021, really broke out early in his freshman season. Uh, yards per team, uh, yards per team play, 1.3. And I'm just being real here. What you want to see in here, you want to see more red. Uh, you want to see like the, 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 the green, right? The 1.83. That's the good stuff, right? Dominator rating, 25, 23.5%. That's fine. 2020, 25.5%, fine. 2021, 23.5%, that's fine. The, the, what's killing him as far as his analytical profile is the volume. But thanks to Campus to Canton, and I, I, I pulled some stuff because I am a, uh, I'm a full-time paying member uh, uh, to Campus to Canton over there. I sub annually. When you look at Dominator rating out of high school in the regression line uh, for NFL success, and for those of y'all who may not know like what that means or, you know, what, what is what is regression line? Regression line shows the average for NFL players who earned a top 12 fantasy season for the running back position and a top 24 uh, for, top twenty four fantasy finish for wide receivers. So that line that we see on the screen, if you're above that line coming out of high school, good chance that you're going to earn a top 12 fantasy season uh, in, a, in your NFL career. And you see right out the gate, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller above that regression line. Fan, the fact that you do that as a freshman, very good. There goes Kenny Walker down there. You know, uh, uh, it's below the line, but it ain't like he's way down at the bottom. So I'm not tripping on Walker right there. That's fine by me. Second season, very important season. Running backs, all of that. Second season, remember when we talked about Kenny Walker? In his second season, he was usurped by the third string running back, 
Uh, and he became the second leading rusher when he outcarried and outtouched and out yardaged that third string running back in his first season. So he breaks the regression line, but still a little bit below Isaiah Spiller. And there is Brees Hall with that monster sophomore season. It was just incredible. And then this past, and that was in a in, in a COVID shortened year. And then this past year, we know Brees Hall did it again. Kenneth Walker did it again. Isaiah Spiller a little bit below that reg uh, regression line in 2021. Again, the same with Isaiah Sp uh, Kenneth Walker. Not really tripping on that, but the big thing is, you know, Brees Hall has hit that all three years, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to poo-poo conferences, but there, there's a little bit of a difference between the Big Twelve and the SEC, just a tad bit. But Brees Hall, even that difference, like let's just say, I, I don't know what the difference is. If you knock Brees Hall three dots down, he's still going to be above that line. He's a fantastic running back prospect. Nobody is is arguing that. Nobody would say otherwise. But we see Isaiah Spiller hit those metrics, um, you know, damn near all three years of his high school career. He's going to be an early, he's an early declare, youngest running back in the class, one of the youngest running backs or the youngest running back in the NFL moving forward. So now the fun part, let's just take a look at Isaiah Spiller. We'll talk about some comps. We have some more data that we want to show, some more stats. But let's just take a look at one Isaiah Spiller and talk about the skill set that he does well. And uh, I think you're going to see it. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to do all of this, Bruning. But, yes, he does not have competition. It's Brees Hall's job. It's the Big 12. He literally shared the backfield with nobody. It's like Brees Hall, Brees Hall, Brees Hall. And whereas I say Spiller's only getting 180 carries a season, Brees Hall is toting the damn rock a lot. They are just feeding and feeding and feeding. So on one side of the token, you say, well, he dominated. He's got all the production. There are the stats. Other side of the coin is, man, what if Isaiah Spiller did get that volume? What if Jimbo Fisher actually gave running backs the ball to that degree? But I don't want to play the what if game. I'm just playing the I'm just playing the what we have game. I don't want to do the what ifs because if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk, right? Is that how they say that thing? Um, I don't drink anymore. I do other things. Anyway, <laughs> I was say I have other vices. Drinking is not the, not the GQ's vice of choice. I'll just say it like that. But let's take a look at Isaiah Spiller here versus Alabama in 2021. Terrible quarterback, Zach Calzana. And you see right off the bat, uh, what I love about Isaiah Spiller is the patience. There goes the burst and then the open field agility. And you see this a lot out of Isaiah Spiller, right? Burst and then that 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 open field agility. And it shows because he worked with uh, uh, the footwork king out of Houston, Texas. And if you look at any of his plays from his freshman season, there's the patience, see the hole, make people miss in the open field. His rush, his his vision is outstanding. Best footwork in this class, bar none. And I'm telling you, the explosion and acceleration is there. This is a fantastic play. This is a hard grab. I mean, right here, out the backfield, this is what I think his receiving versatility is special. This is not an easy catch. I want you to look. Full extension. Moving forward, he's got to extend and catch that ball. Boom. Get up the field. Nice grab. And I think this is where he's going to make his hay, too, at the NFL level. Having the ability to do stuff like this in the receiving game. Right here, flare him out. Got to make Toa Toa miss. It's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good linebacker from Alabama right here, right? Bring him out. Bring him out. Look at Toa Toa. He reads him. Reads him. Get him out of the way. Move him out of the way. Cut back up, and then he's got to pick up the first down. Hell of a job by Isaiah Spiller like this right here. 
And why people keep saying that he's slow, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. He is not a blazer. You're not going to confuse him with uh, Chris Johnson, Jamal Charles, but slow is just silly. He's got a verified 4-5-8 out of high school at the opening event. This run right here is special, y'all. And I just want you to see. This is Alabama. Right? Get it. Hezzy. Toe-toe miss. Power. Contact balance. Finish the run. One more time. One more time, Jay. There's the hesitation, right? Let the block set up. Now you got to explode through the hole. Now go get it. Go get it, Spiller. And that's a touchdown. You got to go get that. You got to make this play, right? Hezzy, vision. Nice. I mean, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. You got to get this. You got to make this happen versus Alabama. Hezzy, vision, set it up. Get in the end zone. Finish over defenders. Finish. TD, right? Here we go again. This is important. This is an important run. All right. So right here, everybody, look. Isaiah Spiller is going laterally down the 50. And I'm just going to say this isn't really what you want him doing. That's not his game. But what's important, and we talked about this last night on the Brian Robinson stream, he does not have the feet to stop and explode north and south. Watch what Spiller does. He knows he cannot outflank these two defenders to the outside. So what he, what he does, slows down his momentum, plants his right foot in the ground, go north and south right now. That's... That's the shit that I'm looking for, right? Watch. Boom, go. Now get upfield. That's that's an NFL run, right? Didn't break some 80-yarder, but watch. Lateral, lateral, foot in the ground, get upfield, go. This is what I'm looking for. Can you consistently do this at the, at the next level? Can you consistently show, all right, I can't outflank you, boom, foot in the ground, and look at him, north and south. If he continues to drift outside and go towards the sideline, he's tackled. Put your foot in the ground, look at the lean, boom, get upfield, make people miss, and go. It's nice. That's nice. Here we go. Hezzy, burst, open field, nope, go. And I don't think it's it's not a it's not a feet pattern. I mean, it's it's truly very few people have LaShawn McCoy type um agility where they can just put their foot in the ground and go. It's 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 an actual running style and technique. He doesn't patter. There's no wasted motion. I don't care if his feet patter. Are, are you wasting motion? And he doesn't. Watch. There, there's no wasted motion on that run. And that's versus LSU. And we'll see some of his, quote-unquote, long speed, which I think he's a 4-5 kind of guy. 4-5 kind of guy. Uh, Emmitt Smith ran 4-6 out of Florida. I don't care. David Montgomery ran a 4-6. Javonta Williams. You know what Javonta Williams ran? I believe he ran a high 4-5 at his pro day. So if you adjust that, what, 5 one-hundredths of a second – that's a 4-6, 40-yard dash, and no one cares, right? Nobody cares that Javonta Williams didn't run 4-4. Watch this. Outside, boom, go. And then when you hit the open field, can you get it? Can you get it? Can you get it? I'm fine with it. End zone. I'm, I'm looking at what he did before the run, right? Push laterally, foot in the ground, and go. Yo, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Boom, cut off the block. The vision, Charles Cross, boom, get up there. If he drifts out any more on this play right here, he's going to get tackled. 18 has got outside leverage. Look at look at 7. Look at the cornerback right there. There's one spot to go for Isaiah Spiller right here, and it's cut it up. Trust your blocks. Trust your feet. And he does it. And then he finds the crease. Good angle by the safety right here. And Isaiah Spiller still finds a way to get into the end zone. 
So you see a little bit of that long speed there. More physicality. Run over, folks. Get up the field, right? Yes, that is good vision. Snapper, cat, zapper. Well blocked. Go up, go up field. Don't play around. Don't dance around. Get up field. Nice run. Right here, again, that, this, honestly, this is my favorite run. I'm going to just, I'm going to run it. This is my favorite run, right? In the muck, finding that cutback lane right there is not easy. Finding this cutback lane amongst traffic right there and then cut it back up right, right again. You saw that? It's subtle. You see it, Jay? Cut it, cut it. That's what I'm looking for, that type of stuff, right? And you'll see it from this angle. Watch. Amongst the muck, I formation, cut, cut, God. upfield. That was honestly my favorite run. This one right here. Cut, cut, upfield. Feet, vision are there. And then he's got the physicality to do stuff like this, right? Bounce it, get upfield, put your shoulder Oof. into a linebacker, Oof. and then explode into the end zone, right? Uh, there you go. And that's what happens Oof. when you get your shoulders north and south. You run people over and make them look silly. 51, you piss down. Get look, off I mean, me. it, literally, look at 51's butt is in the air. You're a linebacker, right? You're, 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 look at look at this. Look what 51 is doing. Look, look at 51. Booty is, in the air. Booty is in the air. This is a position that should not be uh, 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 done on a football field. This should be done behind closed doors. Um, you should not do this at the 15-yard line um, in a collegiate football game. Your booty should not be in the air like this. Uh, his neck hurts, booty in the air. He's ashamed. And then the, the, then the speed to finish it off to the end zone. 51 booty in the air. That's what we will all remember him as, right? And the only reason he's able to generate this power, in my opinion, is the fact that he got his shoulders north and south right here. And then just get off me. I mean, that's 225 pounds, right? That's 225 pounds of get off me, all right? So just a little, now, now, I showed the good, the negative. Yeah. What I didn't like, and this is why I think Brees Hall is the most mature running back entering the NFL draft class. I think what he does right now is more mature, and that may be a byproduct. And if you can go look up Brees Hall's career carries for me, Jay, that'd be nice. Maybe it's 718. And Isaiah Spiller has what? 615 total touches. And wait, Spiller has 615 touches and Brees Hall has 718 carries and 800 total touches. I, I think Brees is the more mature NFL running back at this point in time. I think when he goes into the NFL, there's going to be very little that an NFL coach is going to have to like work with him, right? Mold him. I think he's coming in the NFL as the most mature running back, and maybe that's a byproduct of he's had more reps. He's had more opportunities to kind of figure it out. The one thing that I don't like about Isaiah Spiller is, and one thing, and I look at what can be coached, you don't got to dance around. He's got enough yeah. burst and explosion. Take what's there. I think a lot of times he tries to make too many things happen. You see him dancing around the backfield a couple of times. He never stops his feet, which is good. Brian Robinson stops his feet. Spiller doesn't stop his feet, but I think sometimes he looks to make the cut too early, doesn't let his block set up. But those are things where an NFL running backs coach is going to say, uh-uh, don't do that. Those are things that can be coached out of you. Catching the ball, full extension while falling forward, can't be coached. If anybody wants to see, and I, 
I've talked to multiple from Jordan Reed um, to, to my guy Angelo Fantasy um, and some other prominent NFL draft people. Uh, if you want to see teach tape on a running back in pass in the pass game, Isaiah Spiller put his team on his back versus Colorado in the receiving game. Go look at what he did versus Colorado as a pass catching weapon. He's an immature rusher. His, it, there are some things that he needs to clean up, but those are all things that I think a coach can fix. There's nothing stylistically or athletically uh, wrong with him. Nothing whatsoever. I mean, go look. Go, if you go look on his Instagram page, like he's lean. I, I think he's got room to put on more muscle if they want, right? Um, this past season, Isaiah Spiller, top 20 in 15-plus yard runs, missed tackles forced, and receiving running back grade amongst all FBF running backs. So we talked about his ability in the passing game. Isaiah Spiller can 100% do that. And the, all PFF, sorry, Jay, I got to cover you up on this one. I'll move you out the way. Over the last two seasons, he's second in uh, rushing yards amongst SEC running backs. He's second in yards after contact for all running backs in college football. 100 forced missed tackles, which is second in NCAA, and he's first in the in college football in 10 plus yards run, 10 plus yard runs uh, with 63. That's what I'm looking for. I don't care if you're not ripping off 90 yarders, 70 yarders. Are you getting the NFL average run? I believe is four to four to nine yards, four to seven yards. He leads college football in 10-plus yard runs. Pretty damn good with 63 of those over the last two seasons. That's pretty good. So sophomore season in this past season, Isaiah Spiller is doing stuff like that. Again, needs to clean up a little bit of the dancing. Um, I don't think there's any issue with him in the receiving game. Pass protection is fine. Uh, burst and speed, fine with me. Agility uh, in the hole, outside the hole, I think he's better. He's got better lateral agility than Brees Hall, and I don't think that's a question. I honestly don't think it's a question. I, I, if you go to look at Brees Hall and then you go look at Isaiah Spiller and you tell me he's got more lateral quickness and agility than Spiller, then maybe I just don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I think Brees is a more mature runner. I talked about this with the Podfather. I think Brees that you get from day one is close to the same Brees Hall you're going to have in year five. Yeah. The Isaiah Spiller that you get year one – I don't think that's the catch you're going to have year five. And I and I remind people and I see people saying Le'Veon Bell. Here's Ooh. the comparison that I make to Lev Bell. And, it, I, and it's hard to do this because a lot of people watching, a lot of people listening, a lot of people uh, on the stream today do not remember Michigan State Le'Veon Bell. A lot of – Jay, do, be honest. Do you remember vividly – like really remember – Michigan oh, State no. version of Le'Veon Bell. No. A lot of people don't. I do. You go look at Le'Veon Bell from his – go to his final season at Michigan State, his final season, and you go look at him year three in the NFL, you would not believe it's the same player. And he talked yeah. about it. First of all, he was much bigger in college. He changed yeah. his body. He changed his, he changed his entire running style. He changed – he went back to the lab – and worked on a lot of stuff that he did not do in college. Completely different type player. I see already shades of, I'm not saying Lev, but like that type of skill set. The type of running back that can play on all three downs. The type of running back that when the team has to pass in two-minute situations, not only is he on the field because he's an excellent receiver, but he's got the ability to make people miss in a phone booth, make people miss in the open field, while he may not rip off 60- and 70-yard runs in the NFL, 
And even if he does, he might get his ass caught from behind. But if you go back to the Brees Hall tape, we saw some plays where he was breaking away against Baylor for 50-yard runs and getting caught as well. So I don't really care, man. Like, when we're looking on Sundays, if your running back breaks a 45-yarder, you're, you're happy. You wish you could have scored, but you're happy. You got your four points, your points for first down, all of that stuff. I, the fact that he's going to be so young, the fact that he's already shown a proficiency to catch the ball and some of the unique traits that I believe he has that no other running back has, this is why in my PFG grades, he graded out as the highest running back in the class. Again, honestly, if I'm just being open with y'all and look, peek behind the curtain, it's so close it doesn't matter. Like, it, it, it's so close between he and Brees Hall. If one of them got drafted round two to Atlanta and the other one got drafted round three to some, like, I, I would just be like, all right, well, he's going to have the opportunity. He's probably going to be the guy. Like, it wouldn't matter to me. I'd flip a coin and it wouldn't matter. I think both, I believe these are the top two running backs in this class. I love what Kenny Walker was able to do at Michigan State in 2021, but I believe Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller are the cream of the crop of this class from size production, skill set, those are the two guys that I really, really, really want in my rookie drafts. And I saw a question, is he the best pass catching back in this class? I don't think so. I believe that's Kyron Williams. I think Kyron Williams is the best receiving back in this class. I, just his versatility and the way they use him at Notre Dame, I think he's the best receiving back in this class. I think Isaiah Spiller, for his size and what he profiles as, he's got a more creative receiving skill set than Brees. You didn't see Brees Hall lined up out wide at X. You didn't see them motion Brees Hall to the slot. You consistently see that uh, from Isaiah Spiller, and he was utilized as a weapon in the receiving game. What do I always say, Jay? There's a difference between a running back who can catch passes and a running back who can be deployed as a pass-catching weapon. I believe that at six foot one, 225 pounds, Isaiah Spiller can be deployed as a pass-catching weapon. What are your thoughts? Because analytically, uh, uh, you know, it, it's not as impressive as some of these other running backs. But just in mm -hmm. your opinion, what do you think? And I'm going to go through the comments and see what's up. So I think for me, when watching the tape, and you mentioned a player who is thicker than they appear, right? And and for whatever reason, whenever I think of a player who is thicker than they appear, my first inkling is always to go to Alvin Kamara. And the only reason why is because I still can't believe to this day that he is 215 pounds. He's just so slender. But when he runs, you see a guy who is 215 pounds and can really break tackles out there. So I'm not trying to say Isaiah Spiller is that, but I also remember what Alvin Kamara was coming out of college, right? He was a guy who could really catch passes well, but wasn't the best runner between the tackles. I think if you flipped what Alvin Kamara did in college, well, I think you get Isaiah Spiller. I think you get a player who can do a lot out there and can be a three down back. But for me, it's, it's the footwork, right? And, and like you mentioned, that footwork translates no matter where he is on the field, whether he's catching passes, whether he's running the ball, or even if he's in pass protection, having the ability to slide, move around the pocket to protect his quarterback, that's going to be important for him at the next level. I think that you're right in the sense that he can be better than Brees Hall, but Brees Hall is probably the more ready running back right now. But I think it's important to point out as well, Isaiah Spiller had a better freshman season than Brees Hall did. Even though Brees Hall was crowned the running back one, if you actually look at the stats... Isaiah Spiller had a better season than Brees Hall had. It's just people were so enamored by what Brees Hall did in the Big 12, playing against very inferior competition, clearly. And Isaiah Spiller's just doing his thing at Texas A&M, running the ball, scoring 10 touchdowns, having 950 yards, catching 29 passes for 200 yards. So 
I don't think the gap is there. And to your point about being young, it was the same point people made about Cam Akers. Cam Akers was very raw coming out of Florida State, but he was a 20-year-old running back with plenty of room to grow in the NFL. And I think Isaiah Spiller is that. And when we talked about um, you know Jimbo Fisher and not utilizing running backs in college, Cam Akers was another running back he had yep. that never eclipsed uh, that never eclipsed 200 carries. That's insane to think about. Think about that. Yeah. Think about how bullish we are. On Cam Akers. Cam Akers, 194 carries in 2017. In 2018, Cam Akers, uh, 2018, Akers, 161 attempts. And then his final season in 2019, he had 231. So there goes Cam Akers in his final season at Florida State. Oh, that that was that bad team. That was the yeah, team. That was with, a uh, really bad that team. Was the, with like yeah, that the... Was, 183rd yeah. ranked the, offensive line. That was the yeah. That was the Willie Taggart year. Golly, that was a bad team. Whoo, that was a bad team. That was a bad Florida State team. Yeah, that was the that was the Florida State team where Cam Akers' offensive line created three yards on the entire season, which or what yeah. it was something ridiculously low, um, like that. Here's the thing. Ultimately, y'all, we're splitting hairs. If you went into 2021 and let's just say you had Javonta Williams as RB one and Najee Harris as RB two. You're happy either way. It doesn't matter. Uh, the year before that, if you had Clyde Edwards-Elair, you, you weren't happy. But Jonathan Taylor, Akers, Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, uh, you, you're fine. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't get so caught up on one versus two. Don't do that. Like, it's it's irrelevant. Like, just let the rest of the process play out. You look at them on tape. Hall looks bigger than Spiller, but Spiller's listed yeah. much larger then Brees Hall. Brees Hall listed at six foot two fifteen. Isaiah Spiller six one two twenty five. Much larger running back, right? Much larger. Um, and I just, I, I'm just telling you, I wholeheartedly disagree with him looking clunky. He looks very agile to me, and I see the the stuff that he works on with Footwork King. If you go look at that, it translates to the field. The first defender never brings him down. Like he's always making people miss. He just needs to refine that process a little bit. But, dude, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, I think those are the cream of the crop. Somebody asked the question, is it the pass catching that separates uh, Spiller from Walker from me? Not just that. I think he's just. I think he's a better running back. I think his skill set, um, his, his lateral quickness, um, his pass protection is fine. One of the things that people need to understand about pass pro in college, they don't teach it. There's a limited amount of time that college athletes have by NCAA bylaws that they can actually practice with the team and gone through multiple NCAA practices myself. I promise you there are things that just aren't coached. You may do 15 minutes of pass pro work twice a week in college. That's it. So the fact that Kyron is already advanced in that area, big plus for him. But I don't like it's the lowest weighted metric or attribute that I look for in my model. It's the lowest thing because if you're physical and you've got some want to, they'll coach that up at the NFL. It's much different. Like the the blocking schemes are different. So for me, the fact that Kyron has it is a plus and is going to give him a leg up going in the NFL. Isaiah Spiller's fine. He's physical enough. You don't see him. He's better. He's graded out better in pass protection than Brees Hall. Um, level of competition, uh, touches, competition for touches. Both of these running backs are fantastic. I think Isaiah Spiller's a really good running back. What I tell everybody to do after one of these shows, go on YouTube. Look at the plays he does well. Do your own scouting. There's tons of resources out there. Uh, FF Astronauts, FTN Fantasy, uh, Dynasty Nerds. Go look at the film on Isaiah Spiller. Check them out. But these are the, these are the, they're not my big three. They're my big two and four. 
in this 2022 class. And I think next week we'll get into my current uh, running back, who's a little bit higher than Kenneth Walker. We'll take a look at Kyron Williams next week. Jay, any final parting thoughts for the good people tapping in today? No, man. So next week, you said, so you want to go through Kyron Williams on oh, Thursday. Yeah. Remember, oh, yeah, we're I'm off. Not, oh, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. not here. Yeah. So, so remember, no, you're going to be off. You're going to be gone. You're going to be at the Senior right. Bowl, right? Um, yeah. But we are planning, so the people know, we're going to put I'm trying to convince Ray to put together a little vlog video that he sends me some videos so we can let you guys know what's going on at the Senior Bowl. And then on Thursday, when you're back, we can recap everything at the Senior Bowl. Um, and probably get into Kyron the following week Okay. Um, once you've recapped the Senior Bowl. But yeah, Monday to Wednesday will be off, uh, but we will try and get something for you maybe Tuesday, Wednesday of Ray's escapades at the Senior Bowl. You know, I'm trying to convince him to ask people ridiculous questions, I'm not but he doesn't shit. want to embarrass himself. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to try and get you guys something for Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we'll be back on Thursday. Yep, we'll be back on Thursday. And real quick, Chandler, 100%. 25% technique, 75 You got to want to. When that 240-pound linebacker is barreling down on you, all I'm looking for, does the running back actually like have some want to? And then we can fix the uh, – the NFL coaches can fix the technique. Uh, like Jay said, uh, if y'all have any players that you want me to look at in particular, honestly, the comments don't transfer to the video. So everybody here, anybody that taps into the show, I got a higher level of priority <laughs> – for answering your questions. So if there are some players you're like, yo, Ray, make sure you check out this guy. Tell me what you think. How does he look compared to that guy? Put it in the comments to this video and I'll make sure to kind of like take notes on players that y'all are interested in. That way when we come back, um, we can kind of discuss that. I know Jerome Ford is somebody high on the list. Yes, yep. Jalen Tolbert is high on the list. And of course, the quarterbacks. Literally, I believe all top seven quarterbacks for the NFL draft uh, Bailey Zappi, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, uh, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, Kenny Pickett. All those guys are going to be in Mobile. The only one of the top seven that will not be there is Matt Corral. So I'll be able to, like, I'm just going to look at them. How big do they look versus one another? The arm strength, the running backs, Brian Robinson, Jerome Ford will be there. Um, I don't think Tyler Algier. I don't, James Cook is going to be there, I know. Um, yeah. We'll see what else is going on. The tight ends are loaded. Trey McBride is going to be there. Jeremy Rucker. Uh, Cole Turner from Nevada. So it'll be a good experience. Um, let me know who y'all want me to see. And uh, yeah, enjoy your Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You don't have to wake up with me, but Thursday, be here. Be here. Make sure you wake up, subscribe to the show, thumbs up, like it. I appreciate all of y'all. Uh, Kevin Harris is not there. I don't believe Kevin Harris is going to be there. Yes, Rashad White, uh, Damian Pierce, uh, not a big fan of him, but I'll check him out. I'll check him out. I'll check him out, Jeremy. Uh, Sky Moore, Sky Moore there? Sky Moore is there? All right, yeah. Cook and Ford real quick. Yeah, Cook, Cook or Ford? Ford, big time, not even uh, not even close. Ah, stop it, Mike. I am not crazy high on James Cook. Uh, Wondell Robinson, Ooh, I'm not sure. Reggie Roberson's going to be there. Nice. Reggie Roberson, he had an ACL tear, so that'll be interesting to see him. Jerry on Ely, middle tier RBs for me. Uh, appreciate y'all. Please, yes, please, please, please put it in the comments, though, all right? I keep hearing this name. I keep hearing this name. And real quick, Trey, you don't have to be a senior to participate in the Senior Bowl. It's if you've graduated, you're eligible. Sam Howell's going to be there, and he graduated, but he's not a senior. Um, I just learned this a couple of years ago when Eno Benjamin actually participated. So there are quite a few mm -hmm. 
non-seniors who will be there. You just have to have graduated um, in order to participate. So, Jermaine, appreciate you. Thank you for tapping in. Jermaine is a new patron. I thought he was going to leave after watching the Brian Robinson film session last night, um, but he's still here. Nah, no bad. No, dude, I just learned it the other week, right? Like, I, I learned it a couple of years ago. You don't have to be a senior. have to have graduated, and you could participate. So, um, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Y'all have a great uh, weekend, and we'll see y'all on Thursday. We out. Peace.